Let's go live instead of live. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I wonder what first question you have cooked for us. You should give people a little bit of context. Do you pre-cook them? Give people a little bit of context. I met VG here, Vincent, in the No Limits Society, NLS, which is Bentinho Massaro and their team's ascensionary enlightenment awakening group. And VG and I have been hitting some really good tennis balls, raw, unfiltered, reflecting, purifying to one another. And it's been really fun. And so his calling is people experiencing joy is a higher form of love, which I'm really excited to talk about on the episode as well. But let's start things off with VG on the classic question of talk to us about how you transformed yourself out of person consciousness into the awareness and into creator. Okay, I never transformed anything, actually. I've <laughs> always been exactly the same thing. Uh, but I did uh, work together with this incarnation, Vincent. And uh, yeah, I helped him give birth to a higher version of himself. And you know, many people like to use the analogy of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly, but uh, that's not my experience at all. Um, it's, I experienced it more as a snake. A snake that when it grows, needs to shed its previous skin uh, to, to get into a new one. And it's not something that happens just once and then you fly. It's really something that needs to happen each time that your consciousness grows, you know, because as an incarnated human being, you know, many people, many religious people uh, have this, uh, especially Christians, have this idea that you have to humble yourself, you have to become very, very small, uh, you have to make yourself small because God is so great. Uh, anything, any attempt to be bigger, it's an offense to God and things like that, you know, these misconceptions. While it's even, it's contradicting the very logic of it. The very logic of it is if God is that big, and you and he says he's in you and you want to to receive god you have to make yourself as big as you can you know you you will never be big enough to to host god it's impossible so uh the logic is don't humble yourself uh especially if your true desire is to grow uh it's counterproductive it's uh, really a an internal struggle if you want to humble yourself while trying to grow. So that's the, 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 the realization. And the image, which I find more apt, which by the way, I just came up with because uh, it's suitable to this discussion. It's not been used by Vincent nor by Vian so far. So this uh, snake growing is it's a very apt image. Of course, some people will probably misinterpret it 
but it's okay. That's how it works. I'm not sure I answered your question, by the way. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> VG has this, your question again, please. Has this style of just I don't even know. It's how to explain it. It's so uniquely you. It's so cool. You just have this style of presence and being that's just so unapologetic, and I love it. It's just you, and it's the radiance of that flower aroma unapologetically as it is. And so, yeah, so what do you, what unpack this more for us? Because you, uh, you underwent this process of expansion. I apologize you for being unapologetic. I'm sorry, I seem to not get the right rhythm. I apologize for being unapologetic because it may offend some people. <laughs> but you also know to not apologize Hello? for being apologetic because that's ridiculous because you're just effortlessly you. So it's beautiful. All right. So let's get back to this. So again, this expansion for you and you, you reference to it in a sense as snake. So unpack that more for us. Um, yeah, you see, that's always the difficulty with using illustration in anything I, I always love to illustrate what i say with an image um, and um, of course there is always this tendency to to dive into the image instead of just accepting the imperfection of the illustration an illustration can never be the real thing especially when in, in the context of a spiritual inquiry so you should not see too much into the the image uh, or too much in detail the image should be kept as it is uh, but by the way there are also sometimes often surprising uh, second, third, and sometimes fourth layer of truth in an image, especially when the image came spontaneously out of nowhere, like it just did, uh, because that snake shedding its uh, skin uh, analogy, while I formulated it, uh, quite surprised Vincent, and, and he was shocked at how uh, accurate and apt it was and that's why uh, he went along with i to elaborate on it and by the way when it comes spontaneously like this you often find a second third fourth meaning in it and indeed the image of the snake is very powerful uh, many people have uh, very negative associations and and emotional uh, attachments or repulsion in this case, um, but the snake is a, is a very symbolically important animal in many contexts. So it probably has much more meaning than Vincent has realized now, and it would require a bit of investigation, inquiry. But the first one that I can transmit to him and share 
is the the sound of the snake. You see, when you visualize a snake, your elocution will modify itself and you will find yourself hissing more the hissing sound in whatever you say. And that focus on the hissing will um, detach your sense of identity and will uh, yeah, we'll introduce a bit of space in between you and who you think you are and will allow you to be more true, in fact, and to, to be less uh, polluted by your uh, huge baggage of history. So that's one. The other one is the negative connotation of snakes in most people's uh, body-mind complex, uh, in, especially in their religious background, especially if they are Christian. But in most religions, there, there is uh, either a very negative or a very positive uh, association or stories or myths around the snake. So there is probably much more to be found in that. And I think that's a job for Vian. Uh, I may task Vian to write something about this. All right. So there's a couple components there. It sounds like the main component in your direct experience was going from something that had lots of form and lots of identity, lots of distortion, lots of layers, and then stripping that down like snakeskin down to the pure bare I am awareness. Was that approximately what you were describing? Well, very much. And you see, that's why I, I, I'm sure anybody watching from outside will realize the value you bring. Uh, when I say you, I mean Atlas, uh, because, of course, I am you too. Uh -huh. So, you see, I, I enjoy uh, the dialectic that... I am creates between <laughs> I am you and I am I in this I am universe. And your rigor, your devotion to truth is a perfect balancing energy to the total abandonment that I express through Vincent and Vian and all the other skin layers above them. Okay, perfect. Uh, I, yeah, and we have our... And you, our, see, our, you, see, have our you see at last, you see at last how when I convey your rigor and devotion to truth through Vincent, how his affinity for joy starts manifesting in you 
<laughs> well, so we... it's a it's a perfect balance. When Vincent gets more uh, precise and uh, rigorous and devoted to truth, at last becomes more joyful and less uh, burdened by his crushing responsibility of constantly refining the truth, focusing on, on removing any speck of impurity in the truth that he is midwifing into the internet. <laughs> Removing all specks of impurity, midwifing truth into the internet. <laughs> See, this is this is you another know, reason. I love. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Okay. Um, you go ahead. You were about to expose one speck of impurity. No, in not, no, not at all. Actually, it's so beautiful because we'll talk about this probably in a little bit also on the episode, but you know, VG's got this ability like he just showed you guys there where he gives this really unique reflection, right? This is what I meant earlier by this very unapologetic direct aroma. And he just gives you a reflection that is really strongly saturated with his own understanding. And it's very beautiful. And so that was an example of it. And we'll reference to another one that he gave during um, a call that we had uh, later. But let's unpack another sort of understanding here. Most people experience awakening or enlightenment as both this shedding, like Vincent was describing, of the onion layers down the snakeskin, down to the pure, formless I am awareness. And yet at the same time, they're experiencing this expansion, this very cosmic consciousness into that great I am into becoming the creator at the same time. And so that's why people like Nisargatsa Maharaj has the very famous way of saying it is that love says I am everything. Wisdom says I am nothing. My life flows between the two, right? So we are beyond everything, beyond nothing, just absolute, ineffable, free perfection. And so I really appreciated that sort of... In fact, um, that uh, the theme of all those analogies is transformation. And if you really want to transform yourself, you can't really uh, do it in a linear fashion. You can't do it bit by bit, you know. Uh, the only way you can split it into more manageable tasks uh, in the rational conception of of conducting a project, you know, by uh, cutting it into smaller tasks. The only semi-rational way that works 
is to understand that if you want to transform your body, mind, soul, higher self, I am complex. Of course, I am can't be changed, so, and it doesn't need to. Uh, but all the other layers can be transformed, and uh, you can uh, you can approach each layer in a different fashion because you see those image of peeling the onion uh, <coughs> or shedding skin are valuable to a certain extent. Uh, even the caterpillar into a butterfly, but the only way that works is to consider more or less separately the body, the mind, the soul, and the higher self. I don't believe, I don't see how we can, how our incarnation uh, can be of any use to refine and transform anything from the higher self and above. But uh, definitely, our body, we all know by now that we can refine our body, that we can even transform it. Uh, and that is uh, pretty much the analogy of the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. You can be uh, a fat, crawling, uh, slow uh, caterpillar and transform into a very light, very harmonious, graceful dancer of life. Uh, by working a bit on your body, it can help, it does. Uh, you can work on your mind. In fact, that's probably for most of us uh, the, the, the biggest chunk of the work. And that, the peeling of the onion, is the apt image because the objective is nothingness in the mind. The ability of nothingness, because obviously, as anyone watching can see, there is no way to express these things without some usage of language, of memory, of even some uh, pre-wired algorithms in, in one's mind. Uh, it's also what we call culture and society and language. And if we want to communicate, if we want to exchange, we can do it silently in other dimensions. But there is a beauty in bringing it into these dimensions, these dense, uh, heavy, but uh, very, uh, in fact, it's a slowing down. We can see this incarnation as a slowing down of our super fast uh, higher layers. So the higher we go, the faster it goes. And when you are a toddler and you want to learn to walk, you can't just run right away. You, you have to, everything has to be slowed down to enable you to learn the movement. So this incarnation, yes, Perfect. it's a gift. It's a painful gift because everything is so slow and heavy, but it's what it takes. If, if we are to learn the moves of a supersonic uh, flying multidimensional being and be able to to handle it at at super when I say supersonic I probably mean super lightning uh, speed we have first to train into a more uh, slowed down environment so each image is apt and 
each layer is apt. And it's not entirely true that they are separated that much. But yes, we feel that there is a separation between the dimensions. And we can work on the body. We can work on the mind. We can even work on the soul. Uh, I mean the soul, S-O-U-L, uh, which is the remaining identification that we still carry from one life to the other. That we can still work on it while incarnated. And then, of course, the, the higher self above that soul is probably what, in my intuition, we can't work on uh, uh, consciously. Uh, we probably are already working on it unconscious, not, not even unconscious, beyond unconscious. At those realms we don't have access to, it's probably happening, especially outside of time, because time is one of those artificial slowing down of ourselves that has been gifted to us to be able to work on at slow, slow motion on our movements, as if as a dancer, we wanted to do a very beautiful Irish dance, but somehow we have to rehearse in slow motion. Well, maybe I was a bit long on this, but... Uh, <laughs> I love that. So there's a couple components there. there that I love. I love the transformation component. I love that metamorphosis component, the caterpillar to the butterfly, the incarnation being a painful gift. When you really stretch your essence out to truly taste and touch eternity, infinity, when you do that and you recognize that this is an appearance of that absolute, that is so communing with your true nature, just that recognition in itself. And I also really appreciated how with the onion layers getting down to nothing, that's the same recognition, again, by all of these mystics and these sages, is that all motion is illusory, as Parmenides said 2,500 years ago. And meanwhile, Heraclitus said everything flows, Pantare. And so the ultimate seems to very much be a synthesis between those two. You will never stop becoming as these firework expressions, individuated fractals that turn back inward and find their true nature. Yet at the same time, you never move. There is absolute void, absolute stillness, absolute shunya. And so that's this fascinating dynamicism that is still. <laughs> yeah. And um, you see also what happens is that uh, many people take the wrong tool to do the, wrong, the, the right job, but they take the wrong tool. And it, not only it's not helpful and it doesn't work, but it even uh, damages uh, what you are trying to accomplish. For example, as I mentioned, in the refining of the body, uh, the apt image is the butterfly, or there are probably much better images. Uh, maybe the bird coming out of its egg or whatever. Um, but I want to also comment the, the on how ID, you called it mastery. No, in, in the process of dancing also that I really enjoyed as yeah. well. Was, yeah. yeah, because I'm a dancer, I love to dance. Uh, there is, uh, you know, 
um, it's very difficult. It's extremely difficult. I don't think it's accessible to all of us uh, to express, to talk, to talk about the truth with language without distorting it to the point, you know, beyond recognition. Uh, it's only a very small percentage of the population which has been forced through enough rigorous uh, grammar and vocabulary training at youth, from youth, and throughout life to be able to uh, express through language uh, the circumference of the truth without distorting it beyond recognition. But in terms of nonverbal communication, we all have the ability to express. You can never express exactly the truth. It's just not possible. But you can dance around the black hole, you know, at the, at the horizon. You can dance. You can dance around the horizon of the singularity point, and it can be authentic, it can be intense, it can be true in the human sense. You can do any, uh, most of us are able to express non-verbally something very close to the truth, but only a few uh, have gone through enough painstaking uh, trial and error in language to be able to use language and not uh, totally pollute and rape uh, the fragile yet eternal periphery of the truth because we'll never reach the truth uh, with language or with expression. I don't know exactly how it happens beyond the higher self. We'll see that. Um, no, so, but what I wanted to say is use the right tool. Uh, the peeling of the onion is perfect. Uh, well, it's not perfect, but it's a very good, it's an apt image of the process of refining your mind. Refining your mind, by the way, it's not possible. The real, uh, you have to break it, you know. To peel an onion, you have to break, you have to break it. You can do it gently, but in the end, you are breaking the onion. Because what has to remain is nothing, or not nothing, the ability of nothing, which means you have to reach the, you have to peel and break this onion until you are able to switch it off and switch it on when you want to use language or when you want to, to protect your body against any aggression or if you want to build a house or anything like that, anything material or negative or, or protective, it's a very useful tool. Or to access language is a very useful tool. Um, but it's not, it's something that you have to gain the ability of switching off. That's why the image of peeling the onion, it's a very good representation of the right way, the right tool to uh, purify uh, your mind, which once again, it's not about purifying it, it's about finding the on and off switch, that's all. <laughs> For the body, and you see, and many people use that tool 
of peeling it down to nothing on the body. You know those people who are maniacs of fasting. But no, don't fast, slow down. <laughs> there is the fasting of your body, it's occasionally helpful if you have accumulated too many toxins or if it's too heavy or if it doesn't uh, satisfy your heart. Fine, uh, trim it down or, or tone it or attune it or do whatever you want. But by the way, the objective is not to peel it down to nothing. So stop using the analogy of the peeling of the onion when it comes to the body, okay? This extreme asceticism, um, it's counterproductive because it reinforces the mind while you diminish the body. And the body is not a hindrance uh, in incarnation. The whole idea of incarnating is to get a body and use it. So, so uh, I think many of us uh, have been misguided into uh, thinking that we have to reduce the body to nothing. While it's not my experience at all, it's not Vincent's experience. In fact, Vincent is pretty overweight, as you can see. And they, it's not a hindrance for dance. It is a hindrance for the, the duration of the dance, but it's not a hindrance for the the grace of the dance so so right use the right tool in the case of the body if you want to atone the body there are many ways and i'm not an expert in that there are many experts but be beware of anyone advising you to get rid of the body or or beat it down of or you know kind of destroying it in a way while for the mind yes for the mind you need to destroy it you need not to destroy it you need to yeah to be able to switch it off and on so so the process in life is first we build a very strong ego and then we have to be able to deconstruct it so it's it's true it's it's really like a peeling an onion if you want to peel the onion right you, you don't just cut the onion you don't uh, tear the leaves you you gently but firmly peel them off and you keep all of them and by the way you use them and you eat them after <laughs> but of the onion nothing is left mm -hmm. and then finally on the soul the way to work on the soul that's the snake analogy the soul mm -hmm. is your it's your it's your concept of the vat of the vastness of your consciousness your channel is pretty advanced i've gone through it yesterday so i believe your follow your followers or your it's not followers they are not following i guess at that level they are really your your okay it's too vast that is your family yeah okay yeah soul family so they are advanced enough to know that consciousness that's what i am is that's what god is that's infinite everything it's all that is i believe most of us have kind of got the notion 
that's how it is but it's not our belief we still have a conception of consciousness which is limited and that's our soul and so in that's why the in the development of our soul the right the apt um image is the shedding of the skin of the snake the just just grow just don't be humble in in your soul don't be humble in your consciousness just grow it grow it grow it grow it and if you have to shed the skin but don't adapt your growth to the skin of your beliefs if your beliefs are hindering the growth of your consciousness shed those beliefs of course you will fall into you will not fall you will grow into higher beliefs but there will still be beliefs they will still be limiting but at least you are expanding your consciousness and um, my understanding is that uh, when you grow to a certain vastness your consciousness um, then even the maintaining of a body of an incarnated body becomes a hindrance and then that's probably when we move on to higher realms to, to continue the same uh, or similar work anyway so at last <laughs> I love I love the part where you referenced how language you have to be very trained and precise, like precision consciousness to be able to use language to tiptoe dance play with this ineffable, but yet non-verbally speaking, you can more easily dance around the black hole singularity. I thought that was also a great way of talking about it. And you're right that a lot of awakening and enlightenment is fundamentally just recognizing the paramountness of consciousness itself, of awareness itself, that you can't have a reality without an observer or a witness. And then you are that which creates the observer and the reality to endlessly explore. And you'll never come to the end. You're the source of infinite possibilities. Welcome to your true nature. Yay. <laughs> and, and you see at last, what you say, is as true as it can be, as true as can be uh, verbally expressed. But you can also realize that it doesn't do justice to the actual reality. There are even the most enlightened incarnated human being on this planet right now. I don't subscribe to the... Uh, belief that 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 entity that being in its incarnated mind does not hold any belief uh, i'm not sure we can sustain a physical body when we as far as we can perceive in these dimensions these densities uh, don't hold any belief uh, our body is a belief. Uh, to a large extent, if we stop believing that we have a body, then it's gone. So, um, so I think the, and you see, <laughs> I just said, I think. Because 
that's the mind speaking and as long as you have a body and a mind you have beliefs and you express those beliefs by saying i think or i believe when when you have reached a certain degree of honesty you will not say i think anymore you will say i believe because that's the truth of what is happening when you express something as the truth you are just expressing a belief um people who are less aware yeah, I know. of I the know. process of the process yeah yeah Same, Hello, I, know. I know and direct I, experience is another way to talk about it directly experiencing um i know it can be used um, from the higher self but usually not you're, you're right it can be used from, it can be used at every level i know is a tricky one <clears throat> hey i know it's one because there are two types of knowledge Go ahead. there is the experiential you know there is i know how it feels to jump into water this is perfectly right there is nothing there is no um, there, there is no uh, fifth density or lower belief in that statement if you have jumped into water <laughs> but if you have read book <laughs> hundreds of books about water and swimming and jumping into water uh, all the books that have ever been written that contain the word water in it but have not jumped into a lake or a river or the sea or whatever then to say i know it's just bullshit it means nothing so there you can use i know whatever if you are talking of an experience or, or a series of experience that you have taken your body through and your mind through but it's, but if you say i know because i i wrote i read about it i've read about it uh because i've read books or i've heard about it or i've been told about it people use i know equally uh to, to describe those two sources of uh information in one case sensual multi-dimensional information derived derived from your own experience and the other case second-hand information gathered from other people and when you are lucky the other people are we are talking about their own experience which means your second-hand information is more or less only reasonably distorted but if on top of it they themselves only did a bibli bibliographical study on the subject then it's really just absolute crap and to use the word the the, the, the verb to know when describing something you read about which the even the author read about or heard about then really you are very 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 removed from knowing but it's still the same word and i guess at some point we may decide to use different words for those two uh sources vj i'm going to transition us. one totally 
I'm gonna transition yeah, but, us. I'm gonna transition us now to transform our, us. Let's to shed transform us. Yeah. Let's transform ourselves to joy is a higher form of love. When you first mentioned that to me as the calling. Oh yeah, that was the subject. And and, <laughs> and how well it's cool when you mentioned that to me as your calling, it, it clicked for something a, a little bit later when I messaged you, it clicked that very subtly joy in a sense is freer than love. And then you sent me this really detailed response as to why you feel joy is a higher form of love. So will you unpack that for us? It's such a nuanced, beautiful thing. Yeah, no, this is, alors, you see, you see how the verbal communication is, is tricky. In your mouth, that's, that was off because it's not your experience. You've heard it from me and, and you, you could feel uh, rightfully, rightfully so, that my expression of it came from my direct experience. And because we built this rapport, you, your, your trust is such that you took it for truth, but it's not your experience yet. Um, and that's why you just um, read it or recited it, and it was off. There was no joy in it. And that's always the danger. You know, people debating about the usefulness of humor, and like, that's serious. <laughs> or people uh, uh, giving a Give a, a lecture on joy, and uh, and they are so uh, afraid to get it wrong, or or they are so uh, they feel so responsible. In your case, you feel so responsible for being true to truth, for being truth, true, for being true to the message of truth <laughs> that. That, uh, that very desire is, uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's tight skin, you know, it's, it's like if you were wearing uh, that trousers of uh, Nicolas Cage in that movie, I can't remember maybe, uh, and, and it's not your size. So, yeah, shared it. But let's go into the subject for the benefit of anybody interested in it, because after all, since it's the subject of this call, if we don't address it, that would be like fraud, right? <laughs> so let's not give any. <laughs> let's give. Let's give it to them. Let's give it to them. So, no, I don't believe that joy is a higher form of love. It's my experience. I've been observing Vincent desperately searching for love. Even the word desperately it does not give justice to the state of deep misery 
of this bulk of neediness, unworthiness, weakness, sadness, that baby crying for tenderness, that bulk of beliefs that that tenderness can only come from one person in, in the first stage, the mother, and it was either denied or not fully given. And then at a later stage, looking for love in the eyes of pretty girls, teens in his age. And it was also most of the time denied. And that needing and that frustration, but it's not really frustration, you see. So anyway, I've been watching him go through all this. I've guided him constantly towards the true nature of love, but that bulk of belief and desires and obsession and fear and need uh, was not open to, to hearing it, right? So I took him to different places, slowly at his rhythm, until at the age of 44, I took him to celebrate his birthday with a bunch of friends in the south of France, Riviera. And I allowed him to have all the surroundings that he thought was necessary for a great party time. And for non-stop, for five days, he partied and danced five to eight hours a day of dancing, partying and celebrating and golfing and eating and drinking fruit juice <laughs> or oh, sometimes a bit of alcohol but i never let him get drunk but after How five days, days? Five, okay five okay five straight after days, five of days unleashed after five days of less than three hours sleep per 24 hours and all his friends rotating, taking shifts to party with him and falling off after eight to 15 hours each. <laughs> they, at one time at breakfast, while they were sitting and sipping coffee in a very tired way, and Vincent was standing and semi-dancing in front of them and telling jokes. And they said, come on, Vincent, what the what the hell are you taking? You're on drugs. And I gave, I made Vincent reply simply, no, it is joy. And I gave him the full multidimensional truth about the nature of the various frequencies of the only thing that exists in the universe that he only got he only got a smaller version of it which was that joy my friend ananda 
Joy is an inexhaustible supply of love and energy. And in fact, by now, he, he realizes, and that's why the name of Vincent is not fully apt even for him, because even his intellectual understanding of the truth is high enough, but it is uh, too removed from the history of the body-mind that was born into this world under Vincent. Freshness. Can you feel the cool breeze? Vincent's body, which would be more aptly called Vian's body or Lavi's body, is evaporating some sweat that was gathered outside under the sun into the air-conditioned uh, abode. And that evaporation is cooling that body in a very gentle and refreshing and invigorating way. And he wants to share that. So I allowed him to do this. Joy we are perfectly ending. married, you know. People think they have to kill the ego. It's a misunderstanding. You don't have to kill the ego. You don't have to, you don't have to kill the mind. You just have to learn how to uh, switch it on and off or even to dim it. You can, it's, it's more even like to dim it or, or increase it because you can't truly switch it totally off even though you can put it at a very, very low burn and you can increase it to a highest burn when you want, when you need laser focus. Because also, this is another misconception of many spiritual people. I would like to quickly uh, correct through Vian here now. Uh, <laughs> most of you beautifully, beautifully motivated, burning desire, suffering entities are seeking soothe, soothing in meditation in the wrong way. You are either focusing on your breath or on a point, an imaginary point in your forehead or things like that. It's, a, it's called focus. That is a mind process. Please, it only has the benefit if there was 200 construction workers working around you while you try to meditate and you manage to switch all of them off except the jackhammer. It's an improvement. Yes, you are slightly closer to I, and you have slightly more ability to hear my whispering into your eye, ear. However, 
it's it's still not efficient. I I can see you can't hear, <laughs> and you cannot see except with my eye. So we have to rely on hearing. And yes, silence is the best way of hearing I, but you are not hearing, you are not listening properly. Don't focus on your breath. Don't focus on your third eye. There is no third eye. I am the only eye. So focus not. Defocus. Widen your consciousness, widen your acceptance. Don't only accept your breath. Don't only accept your eye. Don't only accept your vision of the universe. Accept all that is. Defocus, defocus. Include everything, the jackhammer, the, the crane, the gravel falling down, the bird singing, the air breathing, your neck, the anything going on, all and everything, simultaneously, that requires defocus, not focus. Defocus. Like when you watch, when you look at something, you will tense your crystalline to, to focus your vision at a certain distance so that it is neat, right? But then everything else is blurred. But there's a way of, of relaxing your eye so that everything is blurred. You have that experience. And you will be surprised how clearly you see everything when you allow it all to be blurred. Because it's illusory anyway. So why do you want to see clearly something that is not? Why don't you allow blurriness and accept everything? Defocus in meditation, please. And then you hear I. Perfect, perfect. So there's two cores there. The, the one you just gave, the defocus to commune yourself into the infinity and void. Love that. And then the second one was earlier, you talked about joy when you had your five days of straight festival. You talked about joy like an inexhaustible supply of love energy. And that also really resonated. I like that a lot. Another core aspect to joy for me via direct experience is that joy feels a lot like the illumination of the sun itself. It feels a lot like you described this inexhaustibility that then in a sense also triggers the love. And again, right now, we're just using words, language to talk about joy and love when ultimately they are love light awareness. It is all that Leela. Let is me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you to give credit to your perfect vision of the sun. The sun does not focus its light on any object. All right? It just sends it in every direction constantly without any discrimination. And then perfectly everything is 
enlightened at the right time and plunged into darkness at the right time as a refreshing bath. Because if you are constantly in the sun, you'll get sunburned, my friend. So I love it. This <laughs> is a good image. Another, but it's uh, you and probably some other members of this family like techniques. If you want a technique, try this. Observe your retina. Look into your retina. I love that. It's a good one. All right. That's a technique if you want one. It's not necessary. Like any technique is just somebody's trick to reach the same point of defocus. All right. Hear your eardrum. It's possible, by the way. Both are possible. I trained Vincent and Vian, but by the way, Vincent didn't succeed, but Vian did, <laughs> if you want to play that game. Uh, you can actually see your retina. When you defocus enough in the evening before to fall asleep, you defocus in uh, presence, and you, you look at darkness and you know you adjust your focus back and forth and then you relax it, there will be a point when you actually see a grid. You actually see a perfectly aligned grid. That's your retina, which in fact, well, it's, it's, a, a, single, it's a single veil, which is both your retina, your eardrum, your skin, your the inside of your stomach and digestive system the your your smelling buds and your uh dopamine receptors all in one in fact all all of the interfaces of your body mind construct with what you perceive as reality which is in fact just your own inside the whole skin of that, including the retina and the eardrum, is what some people call the matrix, or some people call the veil. And it can be seen. It can be actually seen, but not with the intention of seeing it. It's just in the relaxation of the focus. And uh, for those who thought that there is one big revelation because that's another big fallacy of many of the members of this family that one day one day i'll have the fireworks one day one moment i will have the absolute revelation of the matrix and the true nature of reality and it will be a firework and i will be totally changed and from that moment on i'll be an ascended master with a completely, totally different view of everything. I will see colors in people. I will read their minds and stuff like that. It's totally false that it happens in one instant. It's totally false 
that it is so, even though it happens in very momentous moments that you will remember for your whole incarnated time. And even though you, your perception of what you think you would see with your eyes or hear with your ears, your, the perception of it um, uh, intuitively will be very strong and accurate and true. When you are defocused, when you are absent, when you are not there, <laughs> and, and when the other incarnation of I is open to it, and that I monitor closely, and I do not allow understanding and vision to those who still have a desire for it, because that desire, my friend, you didn't look close enough where it comes from. It comes from fear and neediness or desire of power, which itself is rooted in fear and misunderstanding of the true nature of love. Yet also the desire to know oneself can be just the desire of intelligent infinity to commune with its true nature, to walk that's through only, gateless gate. Yeah, that's the, on, that's the only desire I sanctify. Is to know yourself, which is the Delphic maxim that was written on the top of the temple of Apollo at Delphi 2,500 years ago. Two words, know thyself. That's it. That's the only one. It's the only yeah. desire. And, worth in yeah. town yeah and i will refer you to an even purer one of my most beloved incarnations into that beautiful amazing kid i took swimming my dance with him was epic. I refer you to Osho. What you refer to now as Osho, that's not how I watched him refer to himself throughout his life. He also shed so many snake skins, my friends. So, I will quote one of the sentences I wanted him to hiss so specifically. Who I am, who am I is the only question worth asking who am i it's the only rebellious act the one and only and the first and the last rebellious act it's the only true rebellious act 
to rebel against your false identity. And if you do it honestly, yeah. it's your last because you are no more once you have really dived into that question. And dived starts with die and ends in V. La vie. So the beginning is death. And the outcome is la vie. Life is what happens when you are not there any longer as that tiny, small, susceptible, sick, sense of identity. Life is what happens when you are not there. <laughs> Vian loves that, by the way. And it's one of the things I like to make all of you say from time to time, the problem is you misinterpret it with your senses, your subjugated sense of I, your hypnosis, your self-hypnosis state. I loved your point. I agree with you so much. The only question worthwhile asking, what is I? Ask yourself that question, investigate deeply enough. You'll come to the answer that you are the absolute and that's the end of the game. And then you just flower effortlessly as God's love light perfectly. It is so, but it's not your experience yet. So dive into it, watch your retina, listen to your eardrum, touch your skin, smell the hair of your nose. Taste your tongue. <laughs> I am there. <laughs> I am here now, as I <laughs> like to stay without being. But, by the way, at last, don't feel bad about it. You have a mission, you are the mission, and you are accomplishing it. I will reveal myself to you at the right time. 
<laughs> I love this game. It's so funny. I love you so much. It's perfect. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'm I'm totally surrendered. I love it. <laughs> you surrendered to Vian, but that's not the right surrender. Surrender to I. Inside, I am in you, just as I am in Vian. Vian is not your savior or your guide or is the provider of truth. I am, and I am providing truth directly to you. So defocus, yeah. listen, watch, watch, watch for your retina. I'll show it to you. Not via Vian directly, you and I alone. I like that focus on the retina as the absolute and that being that shared, impersonal, eternal observer, witnessing, great I aming. I love that. I'll send you again my beloved Osho incarnation. <laughs> on, that, on that subject. <laughs> I wanna I wanna wrap by asking you a question about what your feelings are around this, which you explained to me in one of the chats that we had previously where you basically said that there is a level of when you know your true nature that there is a confidence, a faith, a conviction along with that that unleashes, unlocks itself. And you communicated some yes. of that me and I thought that that was really insightful because nobody has even voiced yes. that to me yeah yes I reveal myself in two ways generally most of the time by pure grace what you will perceive as absolutely random undeserved unexpected, unexplainable <laughs> grace, uh, which in fact is actually based on my perception of your maturity and ability to handle I am. <laughs> other times, other times, I reveal myself to you slightly before full maturity in precisely the kind of fireworks you all desire. I even did it somehow to Vian just before his uh, christening. Um, in giving him a glimpse of the true nature of his uh, 
infinite multidimensional vortex of light and dark encompassing all of universe. And of course, as expected, he took it for himself. And it took him another three, four years to uh, sober up. You see, the problem is you all want it. You want it, you want it, and you want to take it. And you can't take it, you can only receive. So when you take uh, psilocybin or any chemical, of course, <laughs> you, you can't take, take like it, a, you can only receive it. I love it. You, you take a, you take a rocket, you take a, a SpaceX rocket up your, <laughs> up your, and it, it boosts, it boosts you into the stratosphere. Uh, actually, to the limit of the stratosphere, <laughs> but of course, because it's not your own engine, it's not your own, it's not I, it's not, it's not boosted with joy and with love. It's boosted with, with boosting powder, you know, with the, with the gunpowder or hydrogen or any other. Um, fuel so it lasts what it lasts and then gravity brings you back gravity is just negative love that's all love is what elevates you to the sky and or joy because joy love uh, like uh, even hate <laughs> it's just different frequency of the same energy and yes there is the balancing force of gravity and seriousness just like seriousness is the gravity of joy gravity is the seriousness of elevation of the spinning force of the universe so you are just hanging there in between tense tense extended between your ground roots and your elevated ideals. All right? So just whenever you realize that the top of your mind is touching the bottom of your ass, <laughs> then we'll talk. Then we'll talk. I love your quote. We'll talk. We'll actually talk. <laughs> I love your quotes. I will reveal myself to you over time. You can't take it. You can only receive it. Those are so good. Have you seen Alex Gray's net of being? It looks like this. Have you seen this before? This one over here? Let me see if I can. Uh, it looks like this. That name does not ring a bell. The name does not ring a bell, but. Um, this one. This you one. Know, can you see this on your screen though i am that one i am talking to you through i am talking to you through a body mind complex that has only a limited 
amount of memory information and he cannot pronounce words or names or refer to information which I have not exposed him to. So, no, that does not ring a bell, but it looks pretty. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, I love yes. I love how VG he speaks from the absolute. He speaks from the creator. I have not given him the information that Alex Gray needs yet to be able to visualize the true nature exactly as it is. I, I, I love that. It's so nice how you do that. I have, I've been practicing also undergoing a, a similar process coming from that absolute or from that great I am rather than yes. coming from, yeah, yeah, it's great. I love that. That's a good practice. Yes, you love that, but you don't love yourself enough. When you love yourself down to your bottomless pit of shit situated <laughs> at your root chakra, um, then you will see that I have always loved you. But for now, you are blocking it because you are trying to hide, to hide. You are trying to hide your asshole <laughs> from all of us. You should be more of an asshole. You are not, you know, I think you have a great potential for assholeness, which you are not exploiting. <laughs> Come on, try. Stop. Don't be humble. Don't be. You are great. <laughs> Even Vincent can see that. You see, you see how obvious it is. Even Vincent can see you're great. The only. <sighs> You see, <laughs> I love these you quotes. See how how diving into your shame can uh, stifle the fire burning in Vian. So, yeah, burn it. Burn it. Be an asshole a bit. It will do a, a lot of good, even to your channel. People love a, an unapologetic asshole. In this vibration, this density right now, can use a, an unapologetic non-judgmental prick. Because there are many bubbles that need to be pricked. So be the prick. Be the prick. <laughs> when you get that advice, it's like, hey, take your awakening and be a prick with it. It's like the exact opposite of what's normally said is that, oh, you awaken and you become this equanimous, peaceful, okay. joyous. Okay. All right, let's wrap. Let, yeah, let's wrap. Let's wrap. That was. Yeah, we'll I think uh, the. The densities are calling for 
Vincent, I believe this time. <laughs> the uh, the I, I am telling you through myself as another expression in your house that it is time for you to end the call with that other expression of myself that you've had a great call with. And that's si, senor. Si, senor. Es el tiempo. Es el tiempo. <laughs> es el tiempo para almuerzo, for lunch, baby. <laughs> si, me gustan uh, las palabras en es. Me gustan más. Me gusta tu amor, <laughs> corazón. Gracias, amigo. Thank you. Hasta la vista, baby. This was really nice. Thank you so much. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you had a good time. We would love to hear your thoughts in the comments below on the episode. Let us know how you feel. And give the video a like if it brought you value. And share the video with other people that you feel like it would be really insightful for. And subscribe if you haven't. And... That's all. Adore you so much. VG was such a blast. That was such a good episode. I will reveal myself to you over time. You can't take it. You can only receive it. I love those. Those are so good. The defocus meditation was great. That shedding the onion layer down to nothing dancing around the black hole singularity that we are all right adore you infinitely thanks everyone for tuning in we'll see you soon infinite play infinite dance bye bye <laughs>